Welcome to Elementor Talks, the podcast that connects marketing, design, and development experts to help you build better websites. John Lee Dumas, or JDL, is the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, an award-winning podcast where he interviews inspiring entrepreneurs. Since he launched his podcast in 2012, John has done more than 2,200 podcast interviews and hosted people like Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, and Gary Vaynerchuk. In our podcast, John explains why he prefers to keep a small workforce, urges small business owners to document their journey, and talks about what makes his podcast an A-lister. I'm with the big JLD, John Lee Dumas. How are you? Well, I don't know if I'm that big. I try to stay lean down here in Puerto Rico, but life is good. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, and I'm fired up to be here. Yeah, and I know you're busy, so I'm just going to start firing away because I have a ton of questions. I, uh, it's exciting to be with uh, someone. Ready, like aim, fire, Ben. So, okay. First of all, I'm sure this is something that is interesting for many of our uh, listeners who are, you know, they're, they're starting out building sites, they want to grow their business, and you kind of manage to, to do that, but in a very particular way, which I found very interesting, like um, growing your business, but still staying slim, still staying a, a small company with a few people. How did it, this happen? Was this a strategy? And uh, tell us more about this. It's intentional. Myself, Kate, we've always had this desire to run a team. You know, we want people on our team that are working for us and with us, uh, but we want that team to be small. We want that team to be lean and we want that team to be highly net profitable. So we're just very intentional about the people we, we bring into our organization. We're very intentional about the jobs they're doing, about everything that we have going on, because we really want to make sure that, hey, if we're working hard and if we're making money, we actually want to keep the money we make. Now, I'm not going to name names because I would literally name every single entrepreneur you've ever heard of. But at the end of the year, they look at their profit and loss margins and they're just like, oh my goodness, after expenses, after payroll, after ads, after taxes, mm -hmm. where's the money? Where's the money? They've worked so flipping hard all year and a lot of people just have nothing to show for it. And that just wasn't going to be me. I was going to run a business that was 60, 70% net profit margin. And we have consistently for 70 months in a row now maintained that profit margin. We moved to Puerto Rico three years ago to take advantage of the incredible Act 20, which means that we pay a total tax of 4%. No state, no federal, 4%. And if your jaw just dropped, Go ahead and Google Puerto Rico Act 20, and you can learn and read all about it. And, and that's our focus. And so when you're intentional and you're focused on something, that's what's going to result. So our results are putting a lot of money in the bank at the end of every month, at the end of every year, building up a massive war chest, not just making a lot of money, but keeping a lot of money. That's our focus. Well, I'm sure that the, the, uh, the heads of Puerto Rico are thanking you for all the income you're you're bringing to the, the, the in more ways than one i mean the three years that we've moved down here not only are we paying you know tax yeah it's four percent but four percent of millions of dollars is still a lot of money so not only are we paying tax to the puerto rico government we hire plenty of people down here we have maids we have um, pool workers we have yard guys we have a handyman 
we've been responsible for hundreds of other people moving to Puerto Rico. We go out to dinners, we, you know, frequent the grocery stores, the gas stations. I mean, it's unbelievable how smart the Puerto Rico government was in this one thing because they're pretty much stupid in everything else, like every government. But it was a brilliant maneuver on their part. And the dumbest thing they would ever do is repeal this act. And there's, I mean, how was the move? I mean, are there any disadvantages of living in Puerto Rico? I don't know, in terms of hurricane season or I don't know. Absolutely disadvantages. There's pros and cons to everything in life. Anybody that tries to tell you differently, they're lying. So the reality is hurricane season every single year, it happens. Now, three out of the four years that we've been down here, we've had no hurricanes. So that's pretty nice. But one year we had a century devastating hurricane. That means once a century, you get this category five hurricane and that happened two years ago. And it devastated the island. It was bad. Um, you know, we yeah, I heard a podcast about that. Yeah. We weren't able to really come back to the island for a couple months after it happened because we were off the island when it happens and it was really, really bad. And that's one of the problems, but you know, what there's flash flooding today in North Carolina, there's terrible tornadoes in the Midwest, there's earthquakes, you know, up and down the West Coast. I mean, there's horrible snowstorms 30, 40 times a year in the North. I mean, there's, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's going to happen. There's no perfect place to live. There never will be. Um, for a tax haven, Puerto Rico is by far the best for any entrepreneur ever to walk this earth. Um, but it doesn't come without any disadvantages. But on the upside, you're pretty uh, fast to, to move. You're kind of like a digital nomad. You, you, you're up, up and uh, moving uh, all around anyway. So that totally. And you know, this is the thing. Listen, hurricane season is during September and October. Myself and Kate, we just plan a three-month trip every single year. We're gone August, September, and October of every year. We're in Europe. We're in, the, we're in Fiji this year. We're doing all these different things. And then the other nine months of the year, we're living here in Puerto Rico. So I, I want to step uh, back again to the, the idea of scaling. I mean, everyone talks about you have to, I mean, uh, we did it in our own company. We scaled from five employees now to over 80. Um, and you kind of uh, did a different uh, route. So what are the challenges of, because a, a lot of our audiences, I mean, they don't make as much money as, as you, I guess, but still are running a business that sustains them. And I, I, I know from talking to them, a lot of them actually prefer not to deal with uh, the hardships of salaries and employees. What are the challenges uh, that you faced and how did you face them uh, dealing with things on your own? And listen, just to even further clarify, even those companies that are bigger than us and do make more money than us, don't keep nearly as much money as us. It's just a reality, period. So the challenges are, are 100% there. I mean, we have to say no to a lot more things. The fact that this is just a very small team. There's just six of us. If there were 60 of us or 600 of us, um, we'd be a lot bigger. We'd be able to say yes to a lot more things. Guess what? The reason why Gary Vaynerchuk is Gary Vaynerchuk right now and is much more known than I am and has a much bigger following than I do and commands much higher um, speaking fees than I do is because he has 17 full-time human beings that are 100% focused on making him a bigger deal. I have zero. <laughs> I have zero. So, Hey, that's just two different paths. He built a thousand person company 
And that thousand person company is doing what it does. And he's probably taking a good couple hundred thousand dollar salary a year. And that's great. And then he's probably making really good money on the speeches and all the other things that he's doing. And he's been very fortunate with Uber and other investments that he's made. Um, but I can tell you right now that overall, I'm very likely putting way more money in my pocket at the end of every year than Gary Vaynerchuk is. But that's not his focus. That's not his goal. That's my goal. His goal is to become a bigger deal, is to become a, have a bigger audience. He's playing a long-term game, which may or may not work out. And it really looks like it's going to work out. And I'm really happy for it. That's the game he wants to play. I would never want to have 17 people on my payroll whose sole job is it to make me a bigger deal. That's just not what I want. And that's kind of the moral of the story is, what do you want? You're listening. You see what I am on one extreme. You see what Gary is on his extreme. What fires you up more? That's what you should be going after. That's what you should pursue. So was that the uh, idea behind it, a monetary uh, a goal? Or was it also having the creative control, having the, the creative... It was really both. It was wanting the monetary, um, really wanting the monetary safety net of just really keeping the money I make, not having a huge overhead, not having this responsibility to keep making, 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 producing, producing, producing. I mean, we have a lot of revenue streams that just produce for us automatically, you know, that net us $150,000, You know, this month is going to be a really big month because we're about to get a $200,000 uh, payment from supporting the Tony Robbins launch. So, you know, we'll be at like $400,000 in gross revenue this month and like 325 K of that's going to be net profit. So that's massive, but that's, you know, a higher month for us. A more typical month for us is anywhere from 125 to $200,000 of profits. That's much more in our kind of normal wheelhouse. And I like being there because we've been able to stay there for 70 months now. Again, I want to repeat that. You can look at our income reports for 70 months. That's six years, basically. We have been generating this very consistent revenue with some months a lot higher because maybe a launch or two really crushed it that month, but no months lower. I mean, we haven't had a month under $100,000 for six years now. Um, so actually, we just- You're completely transparent and you publish the, the yeah. figures- Every month, every month, so, eofire.com slash income. So let's say I, I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, John Lee Dumas and I still want to use that transparency. I, I, I want to share information. What would you recommend like someone who who's, has a smaller business? Uh, how this is the they... best time to do it. There's one word. It's called document. You need to document your journey. Yeah, you're at the bottom, but guess, that, guess what? That song started from the bottom. Now I'm here. People want to go on that journey. They don't want you to just appear at the top because they're like, who's this person? What silver spoon did they get? What lottery did they win? People want to join you on the whole journey. My first income report from 2012 to 2013 was a one-year income report where I made $27,000. Like that's you know, below minimum wage for the amount of hours that I was putting in over the course of that year. But guess what? People saw me at that price point. They're like, oh, wow, this guy's showing it. And then the next month, we did $100,000. That was our kind of hockey stick that happened for us at month 13. And then we started publishing monthly income reports from that point going forward. And that's what you need to do. You need to document. Yeah, you made $12 last month. That's what I made my first month. Document it. You made $4,000 
you know, this, the 16th month, document it. Because people are going to be like, whoa, you went from twelve dollars to $4,000. How would you do that? And oh, by the way, people can resonate with $4,000 a month. Like, it's going to be hard for people to look at my 400 k this month of revenue and resonate with that because it's just pretty crazy. Those are big numbers. Yeah. And so document your journey now. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that when you, you, when you, you're that transparent, it shows that you can also, you know, walk the walk and not just talk the talk and, uh, you're putting, uh, you know, your actions, uh, where your mouth is, which is uh, important. And, uh, so, You've done a lot. I mean, you have webinars and your journal and so many products. How do you juggle all of uh, those products? I'm a juggernaut. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, listen, hours a day. Everything, uh, everything has a season. And, you know, my Freedom Journal, that was 2016. My Mastery Journal, that was 2017. My Podcast Journal, that was 2018. Those were three different years. We set up three different journals and we set up systems for them. And now they just kind of do their own thing. They make sales on Amazon. They make sales on our Shopify site. They do what they do. So everything you see, like our juggernaut of products and services and communities, like those are put together piece by piece, step by step. Those came over time. So that's just what I you know, want to share with people is, listen, go read the book, the, uh, not the one thing, but um, The Slight Edge and The Compound Effect. You read those two books, you realize that successful businesses are built with the right foundation, a solid foundation, step by step by step. So like, you look at a snapshot of me now in 2019, you might be like, holy crap, this guy has all these things. But yeah, it's been one piece of the puzzle at a time. Um, so I, I want to ask you, like, you managed to climb on the top of, you know, podcast. You're like one of the top content creators in the podcast field ever. So what would you say? It's a, a bit of a tough question, but like, uh, I mean, I see it that most of us need to become right now content creators. Whether you're, even you're creating a, a website, that's a type of, of content that you're creating. What do you think are the skills that put you on top that that kind of differentiate you from all the rest and make people want to follow you instead of all the thousands of other podcasts that's not a tough question at all that's a really easy question i put in the reps i've done 2230 podcast interviews for entrepreneurs on fire i've done a thousand interviews on other people's podcasts I did a weekly live webinar for years and I still do live webinars. I put in the reps, simple end of story. Anybody that wants to get yeah. good at anything, any way, shape or form, simple. You put in the reps over time and you're not going to be good at day one or day 100, but by day 1000, you'll be good. Yeah. And the, the, the thing you're good at, you think, is it communication skills? Is it understanding of story, like what are the things you say you, you excel at? Transparency, just letting people know how it is from my perspective and letting them know my perspective may not be your perspective and that's great. Like you need to be you, what fires you up, what resonates with you. Is what I'm saying resonates with you? Great, then do those things. Is what Gary resonates, what Gary says, does that resonate with you? Great, then do those things. There are different people that you can look up to and admire and say, you know what, 
I like what this person stands for. I like how this person talks the talk and walks the walk. And I like what this person's accomplished. Find that person who is currently where you want to be. You resonate with that, follow them. They've left breadcrumbs. Every success story has breadcrumbs. Follow them. It's been fun, John. Let's do this again sometime. Uh, and uh, yeah, and thank you. Thank you for doing it. Awesome. Take care, brother. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, mate.